What's up, Read My Mind Radio? It's the final episode of the 2017 Holman Prize Update. That means there's only one way to get this started. Oh, my little honeybee! We're kicking this one off with some real energy. My name is C. Reed. I'm your host and producer of this here podcast. First time here? I hope my energy doesn't scare you. I'm just feeling good because that's my choice. Like producing this podcast is my choice to focus on presenting people and topics I find compelling. Every now and then, I drop some of my own experiences from my personal adjustments to blindness. For some, my energy right now may not fit what you think about being blind, having a disability. Well, that's cool. Give me a bit of your time and just maybe something here can expand your mind. You see, right now, we're in the final episode of our look at the Holman Prize winners. These are the six blind men and women to date who have received the $25,000 prize awarded by the San Francisco Lighthouse. The funds are to help each individual implement their ambition. It's awarded in the memory of James Holman, a blind explorer in the 1800s who traveled independently to all six inhabited continents. If you haven't yet checked out the full episodes, I strongly suggest you go back and take a listen. So let's get this started. Let me first of all say thank you for Lighthouse. Congratulations for the new winners of the 2018 Allman Prize winners. And uh, I'm ready to give my updates to the listeners. That's Ojak Simon, the third of the 2017 Holman Prize winners. Before we get into his update, let's go back to the beginning of his story. First, it starts in Uganda. I am from the northern district of Gulu. His beginnings as it relates to blindness, well, that's a much more complicated story. Here's a summary from the 2017 episode. During the late 1980s, Joseph Kony came into power and his Lord's Resistance Army terrorized northern Uganda. The LRA is known for forcing children to serve in their army and all sorts of brutal atrocities. At nine years old, Ojak's home in Gulu was the site of one such incident. They found me and my mother were still in the house, and they thought, as being a child, a very child, I was going to run away. So they started beating me at the temple of my head uh, using the butt of the gun. I fell down with a lot of pain, and uh, I didn't know, even my parents didn't know that there was that kind of uh, internal injuries on my side. After three years, then, they started to realize that my vision started deteriorating and there was no medical attention that I could seek because everybody, every area was in the wars. The doctors live in fear, so you, you, you can't get medical attention. Sometime later, Ojak left his home and went to study at a school for the blind. Returning home for the holidays, Ojak explained in 2017, is what led to him being stung with a prize-worthy idea. While I was pursuing my studies, one day during holidays, remember I told you that we are also in the war-torn area. People then were taken to, to concentrated camp. I was now walking around our broken home where we used to stay. Now, while I was walking around there, B was stinging me from all directions. Then, with my poor vision, I was now trying to move and run away. The direction where I was running, that was where the bees were coming from. Then, I came across an abandoned clay pot. It was just on the ground. There were bees in that clay pot. 
And I said, wow, now what can I do? Create opportunities for himself and other blind people in his community through beekeeping and harvesting honey. As we'll hear from Ojak, these opportunities are more than life-sustaining entrepreneurial ventures. Since we last spoke in 2017, Ojak traveled to San Francisco to claim his prize. It was my first time in San Francisco. I stayed there for one week. A week full of activities, which included meeting the other two prize winners. The trip gave Ojak a chance to share how blind people live in Uganda. His presentation of beekeeping was not only to show how this can be performed by a blind person, but also to prove its viability as a vocation. On top of all that, he says he had the chance to learn about how people keep the environment clean, the connectedness with different human creatures. Create friends, you meet with friends. These informal networking opportunities, Ojak explains, inspire new ideas and thoughts. Meeting the people was just a part of what he found appealing. I love the environment, the surrounding waters. I love uh, how uh, considerate and how they take care of different citizens from different parts of the world. It's so, so amazing. I love San Francisco so much. Following the week of activities in San Francisco, Ojak returned to Uganda where he began implementing his ambition, training blind men and women to own and operate agricultural businesses. Through the Holman Prize, it has been amazing. We were able to strengthen our foundation based by training six master trainers who help a lot to enlighten about self-employment of blind people through beekeeping. From our initial conversation with Ojak in 2017, the trainings include much more than beekeeping. Orientation and mobility along with leadership training are a major component. Now, it's something that I could not provide. They can advocate for their own needs because the beekeeping might not answer all their problems. But it is just like a springboard. Ojak initially anticipated training about 16 people this year. These master trainers were trained by Hive Uganda, where they would be able to run more training, whether Hive Uganda exists or not. We were also able to reach, right now, 36. Imagine 36, which is a big impact. And this is not at the end of the project. We are still moving forward. At the time of this recording, Ojak had an additional 10 people to receive training, bringing the total train to 46. That's 46 individuals, multiple families and communities directly impacted. For instance, one person is called Okot Thomas, who started beekeeping after the training. And through his effort of beekeeping, it managed to change the life of a young person who is not disabled to come and work in the area of uh, environmental conservation of uh, beekeeping with blind people. The implications are social, impacting the entire community. The neighbors accept him as a blind person, and then the neighbors understand how important to involve blind people in agriculture, especially in beekeeping, and how sweet it is to work in the same environment with different abilities. That positive effect has even reached the government which Ojak says traditionally hasn't done much for those who are blind. They were monitoring our training. They were so amazed how we are promoting beekeeping for people with disabilities, especially blind people, how 
we are promoting inclusion to the families and how we are trying to promote extra ability of blind people into agriculture and self-employment. This development is quite significant. It's more than recognition. The government has provided assistance in the form of specific support, including inspecting the beehive, pest control. They are not giving money to Hive Uganda, but their staff, including visually impaired persons in their program when they reach the community. It's making them official business where at, at some point maybe it was a quote-unquote charity, but it's moving from that and now they are even more officially entrepreneurs in the eyes of the government. They're seeing them as Exactly, 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 exactly. Okay. That shift in how the government views the beekeepers is not just symbolic. Hive Uganda has been tasked with registering their graduates as businesses with the local government. So that they can easily ask the local government directly, minus Hive Uganda. You may have noticed that that was the second time Ojak has mentioned Hive Uganda in the past tense, as in a time where he's no longer training or supporting the beekeepers. I'm happy to report he has no plans on going anywhere anytime soon. Rather, it's just a sign of a strong leader with good planning. I am still uh, 24-7 working with Hive Uganda. Actually, I, I'm looking at the sustainability at this age of mine so that uh, when I reach my retirement or when I said, okay, let me sit down, Hive Uganda should continue. In case you're not familiar with the terminology. 24 hours mm-hmm. in a day, seven days a week. Do you ever get any people with any other disabilities who want to participate outside of blindness? Through the last training that we had, that was in July, we had to force people to go back because our target was to train 16. But people who are demanding the services, they are people with disability. They looked at that, that's already opportunities. Just waiting for the opportunities so that they can also jump in. While Hive Uganda's focus continues to be supporting those who are blind and low vision, future increased resources could enable their expansion. Hive Uganda has already developed cross-disability partnerships. As Ojak explains, the value goes beyond economics. To build a strong advocacy system, we need to also to bring other people so that when we are talking to the government, when we are going to speak to any other development partners, we would say, yes, this is the need for people with disability. So... Yeah, we not slowly by slowly we have to bring them on board as well when the resource allows. Expanding Hive Uganda's reach also means geographic. Remember, we are in Gulu. Gulu, Uganda is a big country. Where we are is less than 10% population. It's not even more than 5% population. But the need is still too much. We want to reach other parts of the country. Extending the reach of Hive Uganda is now possible with the training and deployment of the six master trainers. This all started a tragic situation in terms of how you yeah. lost your sight and then sort of how you almost literally stumbled upon the idea. How does that feel when you look yeah. at where you've come from, brother? How does that feel for you? When I look at the way I came from and where we are, Sometimes I have mixed feeling. Yes, I'm helping. I'm trying to show to the whole world that yes, out of sight is not out of mind. Should I be the victim of my own success? When I say the victim of my own success, yes, I'm doing great, but 
what is that reality that would make you self-sustaining if the project of Holman ends with his coming to September? What will happen next? You have raised a lot of expectation. You have proved that you are able to do it. Are you going to continue? So that makes me do so much concentrating fundraising, trying networking with us so that we can all together come and say yes. Yes to the future of Hive Uganda. That future right now could be summarized based on their five-year strategic plan. One, continue training of blind people around Uganda, as well, if possible, East Africa. Also, continue doing value addition to honey and wax products supplied by blind people, because we already have a production unit. And then continue advocating for inclusion and participation of people with visual impairment into agricultural livelihood, especially in a rural setting. And uh, continue resource mobilization, because all this to, to be done, Hive Uganda is in developing country where um, everything is not the same. You have to uh, fundraise, you have to look for possible partners, you have to share your ideas so that you are able to be self-sustaining. Strategic plans look forward. Sometimes there's value in looking back. At some point along this whole journey of yours, you have to reflect on the people's lives that you touched. Hive Uganda is already a success. It's already a success. Yeah, that's true. Be- that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because you, yeah, you, you change people's lives. You, you have. And so... Yeah, yeah. I salute you for that. You know, you are the man to do this 24-7, and I'm, I'm happy to see that that's what you're doing. Yeah, man, don't put too much pressure on you, because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you a lot. Yeah, thank you for encouraging me. He's the one doing the encouraging. Whether it's the students of Hive Uganda or those who are exposed to his story, Ojak's passion for creating opportunities for people with disabilities through beekeeping is infectious. During an interview, with New Vision, a local newspaper in Uganda, Hive Uganda master trainer Francis Okala Aloya describes the program's beneficiaries as change agents in their communities. It's as if the new entrepreneurs are outspreading the message that blindness alone is no real barrier for participation in any aspect of life, sort of pollinating the community with the hopes of reaping a sweeter life for themselves and others. While back in San Francisco, reporting on their progress. During what is the conclusion of their home and term, Ojak plans to visit beekeeping friends in San Diego. This is just one of the relationships established as a result of the prize. We congratulate uh, Lighthouse for coming up with such amazing idea. The struggle continues, whether with the Holman project or not, we will remain in collaboration with Lighthouse. And we have to remain. To stay up to date or find out how you can support their mission, visit HiveUganda.org. Once again, salute to Mr. Ojak Simon. And yes, may you remain. Thank you.
By the time this podcast is published, on December 4th, I believe the 2017 Holman Prize Trio would have met for their final reports in San Francisco. I really did consider trying to make my way out there to meet them all in person. Unfortunately, personal obligations and finances, in that order, didn't permit that from happening. First of all, it would have been nice to just give them a hug or shake their hand. Ah, forget that. Everybody's getting a hug. Of course, I bring you, the listener, along. I think it would make for a great episode, and I have the feeling you all grew almost as fond as I have of these three. That's Penny Melville Brown, Ahmet Ustinov, and Ojak Simon. Shout out to the San Francisco Lighthouse and everyone responsible for the Holman Prize, including the judges. Shout out to Jason Roberts, author of the biography, A Sense of the World, How a Blind Man Became History's Greatest Traveler. Shout out to Lucinda Williams for the opening track, Honeybee and Feist, for Honey Honey riding underneath us right now. Shout out to you, the listeners. I truly hope you enjoy these episodes because I have a good time producing. Now, I hope to have another episode to finish out the year. I think I have a good way to wrap up the year. You know what's a good way to wrap up this episode? Subscribing to the podcast. You can use Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can always slide on over to readmymind.com and sign up for the email notifications. Remember, it's all to the EID. You know, I love your feedback, too. Check this out. Either rate the podcast on iTunes, if you like it, of course. If you don't like it, I'm not really sure why you're still listening, because I have no plans on doing anything differently at this stage in the game. You can leave a review over there. You can even send me direct feedback at readmymindradio at gmail.com. If you feel up to it, you can even record a message on your voice recorder and send it on over via email. That would really make my day. Plus, my daughter doesn't even believe anyone listens, so it would help me convince her. Y'all think I'm joking. She says it like all the time. I'm talking 24-7. 24 hours mm-hmm. in a day, seven days a week. Peace.